You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 277. I am Jimmy Kemsky from phillyvoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowton of Bleeding Green Nation. Uh, we hope our Florida listeners are doing well as Hurricane Ian made landfall Wednesday morning, I believe. Um, anyway, I hope you guys are all okay. Um Got a lot to get to here, most notably that the Eagles are now 3-0, and one of two undefeated teams left in the NFL. But before we get to the Eagles' stomping of Carson Wentz and the Commanders this past Sunday, I need to know where I can get the finest meat snacks in the land. Well, Jimmy, BGN Radio is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. You can go to RighteousFelon.com. And look, it's September 29th. Thursday at 8.16 a.m. as we're recording this, Eastern Time. I mean, the time is running out, Jimmy. The end of the month is almost here. So you really have to, like, as soon as you listen to this, really, like, pause the podcast, come back to it, go to RightToSellin.com, use discount code BGN20 for 20% off your order before it goes away at the end of the month. So that's really important. The other important thing for me to note here at the top of the show, Jimmy, uh, good job by you, you know, sending um, our, you know, thoughts out to our Florida listeners and everyone else impacted uh, is that uh, I dropped the ball here a little bit. Um, mostly me. Uh, yeah, definitely me. Uh, when it came to, I, I said like I wanted to split this pot up and, you know, do uh, still shooting for a reaction pot a little bit earlier in the week. Uh, just didn't work out this week with scheduling and everything. So still aiming for that in the future to do a reaction pot a little bit earlier in the week and not wait till Thursday. But here we are. Uh, to get into uh, an exciting reaction slash preview of week four. Jimmy, the Eagles are 3-0. and Are they the best team in the NFL? Yeah, I think through the first three weeks, they are. <laughs> like, uh, maybe the Bills. The Bills would be the team that I would go, okay, well, they have looked very dominant in some of their games. Even against the, the Dolphins this past week, um, they outgained them almost, I think it was like almost, five, they had almost 500 yards. The Dolphins had you know, just a little bit over 200. They had 31 first downs to 15 for, Mm -hmm. for the Dolphins. They had over 40 minutes time of possession and they wound up losing that game by two points. Um, Obviously the Eagles have three and O record bills are two and one. So the Eagles are in a better position record wise, but I think the bills probably are the best looking team in the NFL, but the Eagles, I don't think are really all that far behind. Uh, Certainly the Eagles have been the best looking team in the NFC, and I don't think that's been particularly close. Yeah, the only unremaining 
uh unremaining the only remaining undefeated team in unremaining would be the opposite of remaining uh the eagles being the only undefeated team still in the nfc with the giants losing on monday night which is i would say was not a optimal result for the eagles in terms of better to see dallas lose, right as we talked about um but whatever uh i would say i like i'm the Dolphins impressed me. Not to get into like the whole Dolphins of it all. This is an Eagles podcast, but they impressed me when we watched them practice against the Eagles mm-hmm. and how they kind of just dominated the Eagles. And I think that is increasingly reflecting well on, on the Eagles, like that they got dominated by a team that also looks like one of the very best teams in the NFL. Like there's, I'm trying to say, like there isn't shame in them, you know, getting dominated by some like it wasn't like it was some inferior or lesser team. It was like no, it was a really good team that gave them problems. Um, so. I think the Dolphins arguably, you know, have a claim to the top spot mm-hmm. after, even if they didn't outplay the Bills, beating the Bills. They beat the Ravens too, so it's not yes. like they've beaten they've beaten two very like and they're the only two, two team, top five teams in my opinion. They're the only team to ever beat Nick Sirianni in a joint training camp practice, really. So I mean, <laughs> that's you, true. You can laugh about it, but it's true. Uh, so in any case, the Eagles are very good. Is the point, point. Uh, and it's hard not to like. It's hard to poke holes in them. I feel, I feel like, um, and and not even just in terms of the now too, but the future. I mean, this is a team that's going to have maybe a top ten pick if the Saints continue to be as bad yeah. as they are. And we'll get into the Saints of it all a little bit later in our picks. But like, there's every reason to feel good about the Eagles right now. Yeah, the quarterback is playing at an MVP level. Like, if if, if the season ended today and it doesn't, of course, you know, maybe you have uh Lamar up mm-hmm. there for MVP consideration. You might have Josh Allen for yep. MVP consideration, but Tua. You know, beyond, Tua uh beyond those three guys, it's Hurts. Like Hurts is is clearly in the top five in that conversation. And I thought his game against Washington actually was probably the worst of the three games that he played so far. <laughs> sure. And he threw for 340 yards and three touchdowns, no interceptions. 9.7 so, yards uh, per, per uh, attempt, too. It's crazy how well he's playing so far. Like, I don't think anyone saw this coming. I no. mean, he during training camp, I think we both agreed that he played better throughout camp than he did during camp last year. Um, sure. And maybe significantly better at that, but mm-hmm. he didn't look the same way. He didn't look like the he didn't. We knew that Carson Wentz was going to come out and have a good season in 2017. By the way, that he played in training camp, that was not clear and evident out of Hertz this off season. Now, I thought Hertz was going to be better this season than he was um, in you know in in 2021. Regardless of the better receivers that they had, like uh, AJ Brown was certainly going to help. Um, you know, the, the, the step up from Jalen Rager to AJ Brown is maybe immeasurable, but, (laughs) but, uh, so, you know, that alone was going to make him be a better quarterback. But even if that hadn't been the case, I thought he was going to be, you know, a a better quarterback this season than he was in 2021. There was sort of the, the maybe under discussed possibility that he could regress because teams would have sort of a, an idea on, on how to play defense against him, but that certainly hasn't happened in any way whatsoever. Uh, I think teams have tried to, uh, emulate some of the things that the Bucks did to him in the playoffs last year, and he's still been successful anyway. So the, the way that he's played so far this year has come as I, w- I wouldn't say a shock necessarily, but it's been very surprising that he's come out and and and, and been as good in the passing game uh, as as he's been so far. Yeah, I mean, if the Eagles think he's going to be as good as he is this year, do they reach out 
to try to get Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson. You know, if they have mm-hmm. supreme confidence that that was going to happen. Right. Um, so point being, like, I don't even think the Eagles saw this level of improvement coming. I very much poo-pooed the idea that he could make a Josh Allen kind of leap. And I still don't think he's like Josh Allen. I don't think he's that kind of player. But in terms of magnitude of improvement, I still think that's, you know, a, 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 it is a relevant example in terms of just how much better he got. Um, so that's pretty crazy. I mean, I, I think he's like checking every box to me, like every week. So week one, you know, the Lions blitz the crap out of him. He responds mm-hmm. by using his legs to pick up first down after first down and, and key and high leverage situations. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he could have done a little bit more as a passer. Not that he was bad, but I just I wanted to see more. And sure enough, he delivered more in week two when the Vikings decided not to blitz him and instead kind of like sat back, picked, picked and, him apart, yeah, yeah. made him pick them apart with high level throws, and he did that. And then Washington, like they basically uh, don't let him run at all, uh, but also kind of like ha- make him beat them with like you know shots down the field and contested catches. Uh, throwing trusting his receivers and he just he does that and the receivers come through it's just like i don't know i don't i don't know what more you could really even want to see from him obviously you know you you have to sustain this level of success um i still want to see him there's there's two big things i guess that i want to see checked off uh for now in the regular season the playoffs is obviously it's its own thing and you have to win in the playoffs um at some level and show up there and not be like lamar which i've i've you know talked about on the SB Nation nfl show which I think is a weird, you know, um, it's a weird thing. Like he's Lamar has been so excellent, obviously in the regular season, but he's been horrible, horrible, consistently really bad in the postseason. And mm-hmm. that's like, what do you do with that? Especially if it continues this year. But anyway, um, I want to see him go up against, you know, like another top quarterback in the league and like look like the better guy and you know come out on top and like lead his team to victory against that team. So I still want to see that. Um, that's not really going to happen for a bit, maybe against Green Bay, because the Eagles' schedule is so easy. Uh, and the other thing uh, I would say is, you know, beat the Cowboys, who because he's been, Eagles have been blown out in their yeah. two starts against him when he's been the guy. Uh, so those are a couple of things I want to see. But, you know, like that's stuff that he can't control right now because of who's on the schedule. Uh, for now, he's doing all the right things. He just won FedEx Air Player of the Week for Week 3. In FedEx. Uh, in FedEx field, it's a fan vote, but he beat out <laughs> Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. And there's something to that, you know, like, you know, topping those kind of names. Like I, I can't be more impressed with Jim. Like I can't really pick any, any, any flaws in this game right now. He's been excellent. I mean, has he been perfect? No, you can, you know, nitpick any quarterback, but uh, on the whole, he's, he's been great. And he's a huge reason why, like you should believe in this team like when you have one of the quarterbacks who's playing like the best players at his position in the NFL. That's that's something to believe in. It's not like they're winning in 2014 when, you know, they're scoring on defense and special teams and like they're winning, but it's not sustainable. Like, no, this is highly sustainable if he keeps this up. Yeah, yeah I, I fast forward to like the end of this season when you look back at, you know, each individual game that, that he has had so far. I think we'll look back and and the things that we'll take away are the first of all like week weeks one and two you hit it on the head like week week one he just can, he just kept beating Lions blitzes with his legs week two he picked him he picked apart the the uh, Vikings zone defense all night like put put the ball where it needed to be ball placement was outstanding put put it in a in a spot um, to his receivers where they could get yards after the catch as well when I look back at this week three game. What I'm going to remember is that end of the first half sequence where they had first and goal, a couple incomplete passes on first and second down. Third down, they call a run play to my surprise. 
Um, clock's running. He just very calmly, but very quickly got them lined up, called his own play. Was play mm. wasn't even in the playbook, like wasn't in the game plan rather. Right. For it was in the playbook, of course. It wasn't in the game plan yeah, for they that game it before. Yeah. Um, called called his own play and then throws a phenomenal pass uh, to the back of the end zone to Devontae Smith, who also, by the way, made a great play. Uh, I mean, went up and we we said during training camp about Devontae Smith, by the way, that like he was making plays, athletic plays that we kind of hadn't seen from him before. Like he, he had put on muscle this this past year. And I think we saw that actually we actually saw that come into play on the field during training camp where he was just skying above players, like going up and and making leaping grabs and also making some impressive uh, plays after the catch once he had the ball in his hands. And that was an example of one right there where he just went up and he mossed that dude. Uh, I, th- I believe it was Kendall Fuller in the back of the end yeah, zone. Like good cornerback. Good yeah. corner. So he, he he made a hell of a play on that and Hurts made a hell of a throw. But just the poise that Hurts had in that situation where don't panic, like just get to the line, uh, call the play and try to execute it. And that's exactly what he did. And that's what he brings to the table, like just those intangibles. He He's not going to be flustered by the moment. Um, He's got the leadership. Uh, I mean, he's got he's got the leadership um, Mm. juice, whatever you want to call it. Uh, His teammates love him. The vibes. Uh, He's got respect in the locker room now. Is like the guy, of course. Um, And he's he's always kind of brought that to the table, and he always had the running ability. But now you add in that he can throw the ball a little bit too, and he's a problem (laughs) for like opposing defenses because if you play man defense against him, you're you got to worry about him taking off on you. And if you play zone defense against him, he's making plays that way as well. But also you have these three great receivers in A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard who can absolutely just sit in those zones and shred you. Even after the touchdown throw he had there, just no reaction. Like, you know, like he didn't <laughs> right. even celebrate. Just like, you know, uh, and that's obviously like part of his bit is, just, you know, he's he doesn't really have a pulse sometimes. I remember Doug Peterson, and we'll talk about Dougie P, I'm sure, uh, in this pod, but during like the rookie during Jalen's rookie season saying something about like you have to like check if he has a pulse sometimes it's like you know like <laughs> yeah. you know, like give me something man like <laughs> yeah and uh and not as like a big criticism but just how like even keeled he is and <laughs> uh and I think that's a good thing and and to your to your point here that's that's you know he was great in that moment and that's that could be a disaster moment you know to not come away there yeah. with any points would be like a big problem um, they still might have won the game, but like that's that's pretty deflating, uh, and to get it is huge, especially when you're getting the ball back at the at the start of the second half. Like to be able to double dip like that is a huge thing. Um, yeah, I thought Jalen was great, um, I, and I like you know some of those throws weren't perfect in terms of you know you have to give your receivers a chance, to, but I'm fine with that. Like that's something that not to make everything about Carson Wentz, but Carson Wentz didn't do enough. I felt like is give his receivers chances to make plays on the ball, like those mm-hmm. trust throws. And Jalen does a really good job of that, which I think, uh, you know, is nice from a production standpoint, but also like, I think contributes to the culture of it all. And like being like, Hey man, I trust you. Like, I'm going to give you a chance to make the play. Like, don't let me down. And the receiver is like, I don't want to let you down. Um, so I think that's nice to see. Devonte was awesome. As you said, shifting it to him. I mean, he should have been NFC Offensive Player of the Week. It's so garbage. Who to was me it? That, huh? Who was it? Cordero Patterson, who had like uh, okay, yeah, but he had fewer yards on uh, more touches than Devontae Smith. Also, he had. plays for the Falcons, so like, who and they cares? beat the Seahawks. 
Like, <laughs> all right. So, you know, I, I get that. I guess in theory, they don't want to have two Eagles players be players of the week, but that's dumb. Like Devonte was better than Cordero Patterson <laughs> and he's punished because Brandon Graham had a good game. Like that yeah. doesn't make any sense to me, but whatever. The point is that Devonte was great career game for him. Um, you and I were very bullish on him heading into this year when we did our over under thing back in the off season. And mm-hmm. we thought he might have, more productive year than AJ Brown, and I think we instantly <laughs> regretted that in training right. camp. It's like, oh my gosh, AJ's just hogging all these targets. But that's the thing. Like, if if teams are going to try to take AJ away, right? Even if not, like Devonte, still he's a wide receiver one. Like the Eagles have two wide receiver ones. He's mm-hmm. not a wide receiver two. He's definitely a wide receiver one. He's great. Um, the plays he made were awesome. Yeah, and, the play in the back of the end zone wasn't even his best play. The best play that he made was that deep ball down the field at yeah. the end of the first half that got him in that position to begin with. That was crazy. He went over two defenders, landed hard uh, on his back, got the wind knocked out of him. Mm-hmm. Like, you could see him like kind of doubled over. Also, yeah. by the way, on that play, they're, when they were rushing up to the line, um, that was before we knew that you know, there was a Washington defender that got hurt on the play and wound up yeah. resulting in a timeout. Um, but he had actually gotten up. And was like doubled over in pain, but li- was 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 lined up. He was lined yeah. up and ready to go for for a spike. <laughs> oh, he's tough. <laughs> so yeah, he's a he he's a he's a small, skinny looking dude. But as Jalen Hurd says, he plays like a big boy, and yeah. uh, and 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 he's tough. Like I think you know the the concerns with him coming out of college were is he going to be able to ba- basically be durable uh, in the NFL? And so far, so so far, so good. Knock on wood. Uh, after after year one, and uh, you know I I think that. Um, Maybe those those concerns were were perhaps a little bit overblown. Uh, what else do you have from this game? Well, first of all, let's like the the the, the, the end of the first half scoring that they've been able they, they've gotten points at the end of the half in all three of their games so far, and I think that's kind of gone a long way to them being three and zero. Like they had the the sequence against the Lions where the Lions called a timeout, and they've all been long drives too. Like they've all been close to like eighty yard drives somewhere mm-hmm. around there. Um, and they've gotten big chunk plays on those drives where they're just chucking it down the field and they're, and they're getting big plays. Um, it's a great sign of coaching and also their ability to – so like on those fi- like end-of-half drives, they remind me a lot of like the Chiefs yeah. or the Bills or like fill in whatever – you know, very scary offense you want to you want to put in the mix there where they can it doesn't matter how much time is left on the clock or you know how many points you need they have a chance to to go down the field and get shot plays and and score and put points on the board and they've shown that in each of these first three games at the end of the first half um and then also just their first half scoring overall is yeah. crazy they have nine touchdowns they have <laughs> they have more first half touchdowns than I, I listed like eight teams com- like combined. The Buccaneers have zero first half touchdowns this season. The Giants, I believe, have zero first half touchdowns. How many so total touchdowns year. do those teams have too? <laughs> uh, yeah, overall, yeah. I mean, it's not like they're lighting it up in the second half either. Yeah. Uh, so that's one of the, that was one of the my that actually was one of the things that made my Eagles dumpster fire post. Uh, back sure. in June last year, you look at their last six games of the season and we'll yep. omit the meaningless week sure. 18 Cowboys game. They got outscored 49 to seven in the first quarter of those mm. games. 
So they were getting into big holes in those games, and they wound up winning most of them anyway because you know a lot of those teams sucked, <laughs> and, the, and they were able to overcome them eventually in the second half. But I was I had concerns about their ability to, you know, basically script, um, you know, a good a, a good game plan against their opponents offensively heading into the season. And man, they have put those concerns to bed because they have come out and absolutely lit up opposing defenses in the first half of games so far this year. And I think that speaks to, you know, this young coaching staff kind of coming along in their second year. Well, that and just the talent. I mean, what like, also true. Yeah. Not, not at the risk of sounding arrogant. Like, what do you do? What do you do to stop an offense? That's two number one wide receivers along with like one of the best, like big play in terms of yards per reception, a guy who can get yards after the catch on screens and stuff. And in addition to being physical and do a lot of things in Dallas Goddard, mm-hmm. plus Quez Watkins, Quez with like, the speed. Yeah. Didn't Pascal's have a been, catch. Pascal's, Pascal's been a nice player so far too. Yep. Quez didn't have a catch in against Washington, but he drew two pass interference penalties that ended up like resulting in like 40 something yards. Mm-hmm. And just his speed threat is a, something you have to account for at some level. And yeah, Pascal, I didn't love the uh, the play call. If I want to nitpick a couple things, I did, I did not love the play call. Uh, it, it just feels like down, there's, yeah, yeah. there's too many talented players in other ways to be handing the ball off to pass on a fourth down. Like I just don't <laughs> right. think that's the best option you can have. I like the decision to go for it, especially because if you get you, you're trying to make it a three possession game, I think there's a lot of value in that. Um, and I, I'd also nitpick the uh, the Boston Scott carry in the goal line, considering the Eagles' running game hadn't looked good all day. And you're giving the ball to your smallest running mm-hmm. back, backed up against your own goal line. Like, okay, maybe not the best, uh, but whatever. Like, again, that's nitpicking. I'm not super concerned about it. Um, but yeah, it's just like, what do you do? You know, if you're another team, and oh, by the way, a lot of those hurts throws that he made, like pockets clean. Like he's had a, he's had a lot of time to throw. And I'm not trying to take credit away from him by saying that. I'm just saying that the offensive line is certainly living up to their end of the bargain. They're like PFF's number one pass blocking. Uh, unit so far through three weeks by the way Jalen Hurts is their number one top graded passer by far and like by a significant margin too through the first three weeks like everything's just clicking coaching staff players talent it's just it's a it's a heck of an offense yeah I don't know if you you if you've watched um you're familiar with JT O'Sullivan right yeah the uh former NFL quarterback he does the breakdowns right it, uh, I forget what it's called. QB He's got a YouTube channel. QB, QB, QB school, I think is what it's called. He did a breakdown of the Eagles offense. It's like 20 minutes long. Absolutely worth your time to go check that out. Um, but he broke down some of the things the Eagles offensive line was doing in that game where they were picking up blitzes, like no problem and hurts at all day to throw. Um, did it, you like, see the ghost was... pick by the way? Sorry, real quick. No, go ahead. Uh, oh, so, by by Zach Pascal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, Josh Norris had pointed that out on Twitter. It was really good. It was the the play that sprung Devontae free on like a crossing route. I mean, I think he still would have been open anyway, but like it made sure that he didn't get caught from behind soon after the catch. And it was awesome. It was just like he just pretends to run into him, but doesn't at all. It, it's it's like yeah, they're just clicking. But what were you going to say about it? The, was like uh, a, it was like one? a mesh concept that you're talking about there, where yeah. there were there were crossers, uh, you know, five ten yards down the field and pass. Remember back in the day where under chip they would like high five on those yes. on those patterns yes. well in this one yeah. <laughs> pascal like gave him like a little little Juke. head fake yeah. like he was gonna jack him up yeah <laughs> but he never actually touched him so it's not yeah. a penalty right um great it's smart he, so that that was in uh jto sullivan's breakdown too but nice. the one that the one thing that they that he showed um that i was impressed by was there was a play near the goal line where they had it was the aj brown touchdown where aj brown and 
uh, Devante were lined up on the same side of the field on the right side. And Hertz immediately identifies that they're almost certainly in zone coverage because they have a corner on Kenny Gainwell on the other side of the field. Yeah. So um, that's a that's a dead giveaway. That's it's probably zone coverage. Yep. So Hertz checks to um, I forget the name of the call Tiger or, or Lion maybe, hmm. um, which is basically just two slants by and Fran Duffy broke this down on Twitter as well too. If you follow him, you can you can basically see this play there as well. But they you check to two slants where Hertz now only has to account for the safety that's kind of lingering behind uh, the, the two corners covering Smith and Brown. And if that if the safety kind of shades toward Smith, then he throws to the outside to Brown. And if the safety looks like he's, you know, kind of lingering to jump the rat on Brown, then it's an easy throw to, to Devante. So it was just a pre-snap adjustment that Hertz made that I don't know he was making consistently uh, in 2021. And we've seen more of that so far in, in you know, early on in the season. Uh, we haven't even talked to me about the defensive line, which had nine sacks on yeah, right. friend. It's Carson funny. We're, we're, what, 24 minutes into the podcast. We haven't mentioned the nine sacks yet. <laughs> so <And> look, <laughs> you know, I think Jonathan Gannon absolutely deserved a lot of heat after last year, after week one this season, last two games. Defense has only given up six total offensive points. Obviously, mm-hmm. there was the safety in there. Um, he's gotten results. I said I need we need to see results, and the pass rush is stepping up in a big way. I think the coverage obviously has you know messed well there and married well there and and helped out the pass rush especially against Washington um not really giving Carson Wentz a lot of options but man um Brandon Graham like we said looked good in training camp still really good and uh it helped that he was going up against uh Sam Cosme who I don't think is like amazing or his backup at one point um but he took advantage two and a half sacks five total he had five total quarterback hits in like twenty seven snaps played, <laughs> he was extremely yeah. efficient. Like he wasn't even, he only played like thirty something. I think some of the snaps of the in the game, and he was extremely effective in that playing time. And hey, maybe that's the recipe for success for him. Like you don't need to play him all game long. Reduce that snap count and have him give you like very high quality snaps and a smaller sample size. Um, along those lines, Jordan Davis only had like fourteen pass rush snaps according to PFF. I mean, he generated pressures on like four of those. He almost had a sack at one point. Mm-hmm. Didn't finish the play. TJ Edwards, Edwards ended up cleaning it up, but like he was, everyone was disruptive. Josh Sweat, uh, Hassan Reddick finally got involved. I mean, it was like the Jets game, you know, from a couple of years ago. Except, right. like for all of Carson Wentz's faults, you know, he's a real NFL quarterback. Like Luke Falk was not. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it's even more impressive in that regard. And look, often the offensive line for Washington was certainly banged up. Uh, like I said, Cosme got hurt during the game. Uh, Chase Roulier going on IR before the week was a big deal, especially considering, I think, the interior pressure that the Eagles were able to get. And a name I didn't even mention here who kind of got things rolling was Fletcher Cox. Mm-hmm. Um, Fletcher Cox, who I think pretty much everyone didn't like the decision to bring him back at that price tag, not because it's like, oh, he's a total scrub and bum and can't do anything at this point, but just not worth that cost. Early on, he's what, like three sacks? He's been worth it so far. <laughs> yeah, he had three and a half last year, so credit yeah. to him for stepping up, too. Great hustle from him, too. Like, you can see when when you watch, um, you know, plays that he's not even making, you can see him running around and, and giving maximum effort on all his plays. His snap counts are actually down a little bit uh, this year, so maybe that has something to do with it. But they're winning, and he's buying in, and uh, he's he's played hard, and he's played well. And then the other guy that you didn't mention was Javon Hargrave, who's sure. been really dominant on the inside uh, as well. He had a couple really good pass rushes against um, – they. I mean, Commanders had a, kind of a week 
uh, interior offensive line. But again, <laughs> the Eagles took advantage of it. He absolutely killed Andrew Norwell on a couple different reps. Um, was able to you know, basically push the pocket on a number of occasions, helping other people get sacks. And he had a couple sacks of his own, I believe. He, what, did he, he, had, he had a sack and a half, too. I think right? he made one. Oh, okay. Um, but he, he had one rep where he just killed uh, Andrew Norwell, guy who's been in the league for you know close to 10 years, uh, knows what he's doing. Hargrave killed that guy. So, everyone, I mean, almost everyone on that line is playing really well. Josh Sweat... Had a rush against uh, Charles Leno, where he it was an outside rush, just pushed him with his, right, his outside arm, his right arm, back inside, and just moved that guy with one arm, and yeah. he got to the quarterback. He's been really good. You mentioned Reddick was just kind of, I didn't see him like really cleanly crush his guy on uh, any of the rushes where he was involved in a sack, but did a great job of kind of just getting his hand in the area of Wentz and, you know, Wentz as he's prone to do, mm-hmm. will kind of get the ball in the area of defenders where they can knock it out. And he had a play where he knocked the ball out. So, and yeah, he's good deep, at that. We, as we've highlighted before, he's good at yes. forcing fumbles. Yeah. What five, I think last year, and he's uh, like eight in his career or it's a high number. I forget. Yeah. So the D-line has come to play uh, early on this season, and they, the Eagles need them to. I mean, they, they've tied up a lot of resources uh, into that group, both financially and in terms of draft pick capital. So you expect those guys to to pan out, and, and you hope that you know they're worth all the resources that you put into it. And so far, they have been. They, they've been. And then on the back end, too, by the way, which I think hasn't maybe gotten enough credit for the way that they've played. I mean, certainly they did after the after the Vikings game with the way that Darius Slay played. Yeah. That was like the Darius Slay game where like yep. he was just phenomenal in that game. But just overall, I think that the rest of the secondary, uh, the safeties in, in particular, like Marcus Epps has played really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you don't see it in terms like interceptions or, or forced fumbles or, or splash plays, but they've all been really good in coverage and have not allowed quarterbacks to find open receivers. We saw it with Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins and, and Carson Wentz had different ways of sort of failing in their games. Kirk Cousins was just throwing the ball kind of up for grabs, and that translated into interceptions, while Carson Wentz just held on to the ball until he got hit. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of either way you're kind of – Tommy Tommy Lawler did a, a good job of sort of talking about, you know, that 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 idea uh, in, in a recent post where it's pick your poison. Like yeah. if, you, if you try to get rid of it too soon, then bad things can happen. And if you hold on to the ball, you're going to get sacked. So uh, it's just been great defense all across the board in, in terms of uh, the Eagles being able to get after passers. And then also they're, they're, they're being able to, to play sticky coverage on the back end. Yeah, I think we've seen, you know, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson kind of be a little bit of a weak point at times. But, you know, some of that's to be expected. He's transitioning mm-hmm. to a new position. You know, he joined the Eagles defense like, what, a week before the season, not even. Um, so, you know, you'll live with that and you'll have hope that he can get better over the course of the season as he gets more comfortable and everything. So but I still, I think, still think that is worth noting. Like that could be, you know, an undoing or a weak point at times in games. It almost, I mean, the, he did give up a big play to Terry McLaurin in Washington where um, Slay was handing off to him and he clearly was not on the same page uh, and, and gave up that big play. I feel like we should get to the wince of it all. I mean, he is very much the same player. He's I, and, and honestly, if you're Washington, like 
how do you bring him back after this year? Like, how how does anyone? <laughs> it's funny into... that we're already there in, in week three or week four. <laughs> and it's not even like how do you bring him back? He's the worst starter in the NFL. It's not that. It's just about to me his specific play style when it comes to the fumbles. It's sixty nine fumbles in eighty eight games. It's never gonna get fixed. It's not going away. So like you're basically you know, going into a game, knowing you're going to have to like survive the fumble. Like I said last week, it's just a matter of like, okay, can it not come at a killer time? Can it, can it bounce the right way? Like it's, it's going to happen <laughs> in most games. He's going to fumble the ball. So uh, yeah, it, he clearly has not gotten any better. And uh, it's just so clear that like the Eagles were never fixing him. This Remember, I remember the idea at the time when the Eagles, you know, the end of the 2020 season and there was debate, you know, what should the Eagles do with him? It was like, well, we need to fix Wentz. It's like that was never going to happen. That was never like a real option or thing. He was never going to get fixed because he's not changing. He's not changing as a player. And uh, it's kind of sad to see as someone who once had hope for him and, you know, thought he would be a great Eagles franchise quarterback for years to come. But like he, he you know, I don't, I don't feel bad in the sense like he burned all that goodwill and, uh, you know, he he's he's to blame for what he has become largely the injury stuff. You know, some of that's just unfortunate. Some of that's bad luck. But in large part, like he has been the the cause of his own demise. It's funny because he does have teammates that will stand up for him saying that he works hard and he no doubt works hard. He puts sure. in the time and the effort and whatever, but he works hard at the things he wants to work hard. at. Yes. He in doesn't his want to, on his terms. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He doesn't want to do. He doesn't want to take coaching. Uh, in, nope. In, in, and it's Les Bowen had a funny line in, in his postgame recap where. Uh, he said something to the effect of like, he was quoting Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz's, you know, post-game press conference where he said, I have to do a better job of protecting the football. Let's put Wentz said for the billion, billionth time yeah. in his career. <laughs> Seriously, so, though. Yeah, but you're right. He's just never going to be a guy who, you know. Doesn't gets, fumble. <laughs> yeah, he's never going to, he's never going to fix the things that need, that need the most, the most no. urgent fixing in his game because he just, he doesn't think they're a problem. I mean, yeah, I mean, the actions at least speak that yeah. much. Um, he says it. He says that it's right. a problem, but he doesn't actually think it. Yeah, there's or no evidence get fixed. to suggest it's going to get better. So good news for Eagles fans in terms of a quarterback who's very flawed in the division. Um, you're not really too scared of Washington going on no. a run here. Um, what else do you have from here? Um, oh, I think the big thing is the second halves. Yeah, let's, big... let's let's find some things to nitpick. So there's yeah. that. <laughs> I mean, Special teams would be another nitpick yes, for me. Yes, I agree. And I, and I would classify both of those. I did a little hit on Sports Take with Rob Ellis and Barrett Brooks and Derek Gunn. Good show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I classify, I said it on there, like, these are champagne problems. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I, my, my perspective, to kind of put it in perspective to me, is like, imagine if you're the Raiders right now, or you're a Raiders fan. Your team's 0-3. <laughs> and, like, your biggest problem... Like you, you would trade, you know, <laughs> our biggest problem being, oh, we, our special teams hasn't been awesome or what, what's happening in these second halves. I mean, we're crushing teams so badly <laughs> in the first half that we don't need to score points in the second half. Right. Like you would sign up for that in a heartbeat. So <laughs> I think that perspective needs to be applied there. And I'm not really super concerned. Like the Eagles haven't needed to score really in the second halves. I mean, more so against the Lions, they did. And the offense went a little dry there. But like, I'm Actually, not they, really... they scored. They scored points in that second half against them. Yeah, they scored two two second half touchdowns in that game. Right. right? It's just the the Vikings game and the and this Commanders game. They didn't score at all. Like they, they scored twenty four points. <laughs> right. They scored twenty four. So the the Vikings game, 
there you could explain away why they didn't score in the second half. Well, yeah, they could have had a three points at least too if they didn't have a field goal block. Yeah, and in this past game, um, I don't know. They, I mean, they certainly looked a lot better in the first half than they did in the second half. Uh, but again, like you said, these are what what is the uh, champagne problems ex- explanation? What do you mean? I mean, I under I get the concept, but why champagne? I don't know. Like you're just kind of, you know, clinking your like, champagne bottle and or <laughs> glass. And you're celebrating. Is that kind of like, the idea? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe like you're really rich and you're like, oh, this champagne isn't even that good. <laughs> okay. You know, I, I don't. I could be wrong, <laughs> but in my mind, that fits right. Like you're like you have all this money and success and whatever, and you're just like, you I know don't what, like this, champ- this Porsche. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, oh, no, this this Porsche is, like, slightly less great than uh, the other option I could have I don't like where this cup holder is in this Porsche. Right, right, yeah, like, very, you know, nitpicky, minor. Things that are worth talking about, absolutely, especially, like, special teams, man. I don't, like, what do you do at some level? You know, like, you're stuck with kind of what you have at punt returner with Britton Covey at some level, mm-hmm. right? And, like, Aaron Sipos, man, like, I know Sipos had some better punts towards the end of the game. But, like, those are also in Eagles territory, so he had more room to work with. If you're asking him to punt on a short field, like they did when he was at, like, the 49 and, what, the 46 or whatever mm-hmm. on the Washington side, I mean, those are pathetic. It's go right into the end zone. It's a touchback. He was good at those last year, too, and like, come not, on. So, not so far this year. That's yeah. 40. That's Well, not 40 yards, but it's, like, you know, just it's free field position for the other team. Like, come on. Yeah, you're talking about, like, you know, 25 to 30-yard nets sometimes yeah. when you're when you're hitting touchbacks and in, in, uh, just in go for territory. it at that point. If you're a yeah. can't do that. Yeah. They did work a guy out. Uh, who was it? Michael Pilardi? I think it was. A yeah. Couple, like a week or two ago. Apparently though, because it was just to get the left footed punter thing. I don't know. Oh, uh, I didn't realize that. Okay. I didn't know that. Oh, bad job by me. It's for, I was on Angelo. Um, flex like a day or two ago jimmy he brought up he brought up the special dude this this guy i love the intros that angelo angelo does by by the way like this guy breaks down the film like no other writer in the nfl and in my mind i'm like yeah i'm like i'm like there are at least three four people in philly alone that are better at at, at that anyway he's uh, the ultimate hype man (laughs) he's great at that uh, but he asked me about special teams. I'm like, well, the thing that Covey does for you, at least uh, he's done so far, is you know he, he's going to catch every every punt. And then he's well, like, but he he muffed one. I'm like, oh yeah, let me re- immediately retract that statement then. <laughs> well, also, he's been getting crushed on the returns. Like, it, yeah, I feel bad for him first of all, and he's tough. I'm sure he can take it, but like, it feels like he's going to fumble at some point or just get like so jacked up. Like, I, I don't. It just doesn't look good. It doesn't look sustainable if he's just getting crushed like that every time. Like, that doesn't seem like a a great option. Kick returns are completely unthreatening. Teams oh are just popping gosh. it up. And the, I mean, the Eagles are starting inside their 20 more often than not. And before this game, and yeah. I don't know how this has changed, but they had the worst average. No, I'm sorry. Second worst average starting field position in the NFL. And a lot of that is probably because their return units are completely unthreatening. Yeah. It's not like they're not creating turnovers. I guess that that'll, that'll, that'll improve this week after they, after, you know, they forced the fumble on Wentz and, Sure. covered it in Washington territory, but um, yeah, certainly their, their return game is really bad. The, the one, the one, you know, check mark that you'll give in, in the special team's favor is that they were ready for that onside's kick okay. in maybe not necessarily an onside's kick, a traditional onside's kick situation uh, against the Lions week one. They're ready for it. And Zach, Zach McPherson did a good yeah, job of, but also like a very high percentage play for the Eagles. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like you don't expect them to recover that anyway. 
Um, but yeah, beyond that, there's really not a lot positive you can say uh, about the Eagles special. At least they haven't given up a huge play yet. Mm. Like there hasn't been a turnover yet. And there hasn't been, you know, some kind of, by the way, Jamal Agnew coming up again yeah. in this Jaguars team. That dude can return kicks and punts. Did it against so the that Eagles is a concern. In 2019, uh, right? He did, yeah. He uh, that was the game they Lions. lost on the on the the JJ Ortega Whiteside drop mm. at the end of the game. Uh, he had a kick return. The Eagles kicked a field goal, and on the ensuing kickoff, he returned it for a touchdown. That was yeah. probably, I mean, without that, the Lions probably don't win that game. No, yeah, um, yeah. I don't even know what you do. You know what I mean? I think you're kind of stuck at some level. It'll be interesting to see what they do with Covey as of you know this recording. He, they've not put him signed him to the roster still an open roster spot they can't promote him to the roster unless they want to risk him getting exposed to waivers which i don't know maybe they're okay with um mm-hmm. you mentioned Cordell patterson he's been sort of a popular idea in terms yeah. of a trade deadline target mm-hmm. i don't think the falcons want to give him up he's like their offense so <laughs> um <laughs> right i will their say entire offense. uh what did I, I had something on the special teams standpoint uh oh i i do you probably can't do it full time. I get it, but I do want to see Devonte Smith continue to get returns more than never because he was legitimately great at that in college. I think that mm-hmm. almost gets underrated and overshadowed by you know just how great of a receiver he was, obviously, and route to winning the Heisman in his final year at Alabama. But in like a relatively small sample size, he was like an elite level returner. He had like what like ten returns for two hundred and ten yards and like a touchdown or something. Like he was like he was great at it. And he had his return against the commanders went for 12 yards, which is, you know, good. So I would like to see him back there um, from time to time, especially maybe early in a game when you, you're looking for like a spark. Uh, and don't just save it for late when you're down, but like, you know, give give you a little edge early on, a little boost. So I, I'm definitely in favor of that. Um, but, you, you know, we can't be like your full time guy. So that's hey, Howie Roseman. Did a great job this offseason. But one thing he did not do well is like find answers to the, the returners at all. He didn't even like try much. They don't other care. Than signing Covey. The one thing I will say about so I kind of, and I don't know if this is their logic or not, but the, the logic that I can see about not caring about a kick returner is that the minute you get one, opposing teams just kick it through the back of the end zone, which most teams seem to be able to do these days. <laughs> so, like, I kind of get it from that perspective. But at the same time, if you don't have one, you're starting inside your 20 on every on every possession. That's not great either. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. like, But, like, what's the cost of having, like, Jason Huntley on your practice squad and calling him <laughs> up a couple of times to be able to do that? Like, because he was good at that. Um, and that's obviously my my bit and my brand. But, like, it just feels like they could do a little bit more than they're doing. I don't know. Again, champagne problems. Jimmy, let's take a break here because we, we're running long. Lots to talk about. Uh, but not before we hear briefly again about Righteous Felon Craft Jerk. You go to RighteousFelon.com. Pause this podcast right now. Come back to it once you're done. But pause this podcast right now. Go to RighteousSelling.com. Use discount code BGN20 for 20% off your order. If you wait beyond September, it goes back down to BGN15 for 15% off. You want that extra 5% off if you're going to get it anyway. Um, So go to RighteousSelling.com. BGN20 for 20% off the best possible meat snacks you can get. The meat snacks that the Eagles are loading up on. They have this at the NovaCare Complex. That's not a bit. It's true. I know this because Righteous Felon has told me. I've seen pictures. I've seen evidence. Right, The Eagles players fuel up with Righteous Felon craft jerky, and so should you. It's a great snack to watch during the games. Uh, also a great snack to bring to the tailgate. Why not? 
um, you know, you're grilling up stuff, obviously, and, and you have a lot of good food, but you need something in the meantime to kind of snack on uh, and, and sustain you through the day. Some protein. RighteousSelling.com, discount code BGN20 for 20% off. Jimmy. Back after this. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Back here on BGN Radio, Jimmy, it's time to get into an Eagles Jaguars or Jaguars. You're a Jaguars guy, right? Jaguars, yeah. Jaguars. Wars. Jaguars. So there's a third one too, because Ross Tucker. Oh uh, no. I'm sure you saw this on Twitter. He asked me if I'm a if I'm a Jaguar guy or a Jaguar guy. Yeah. And I said I'm a Jaguar guy. But then a lot of people replied that they like the way that the the British guy on Jaguar on Jaguar commercials mm. says it, where he goes, Jaguar. No way. Get out of here with that. <laughs> You don't like Jaguar? No. <laughs> Jaguar. That's what it looks like in print. Yeah. But, you know, Jaguar. the English language is dumb in a lot of ways. Um, <laughs> but Jaguar makes no sense at all. It doesn't like it. It doesn't make sense. I agree. But I end, I think I end up saying it. For You're some a Jaguar reason. guy? Not by choice. I think I just end up accidentally saying it that way. Jaguar. Okay. But maybe I'm inconsistent with it. I don't really think about it. Uh, let's get into the Eagles. I probably just go Jags, honestly. I probably just say Jags. I say all Jags the time. more than yeah, Jaguar. I don't for think sure. I say yeah. the full name. Uh, it's a good nickname. Uh, Eagles, Jags. Doug Peterson coming to town, baby. Uh, love Doug. He, I, there's been like weird discourse, I feel like, this <clears> week. It's like, no one should boo Doug Peterson. And I almost wanted to write an article like that, but I was like, do I really need to do that? Is anyone actually. Nobody's going to boo Doug. They why, would any, why would anyone boo Doug? Doug is if beloved. you did, you're an idiot. I'm sorry. Yes. Like, like <laughs> punch yourself in the face. Maybe don't do that. Maybe that's a little too much. No, no, but, no. Okay, no, no, no. I, I agree with that. Punch yourself in the face. But like, it's just like, what are you doing? Like, it's it's not even the same at all with Carson. Like, Carson Wentz wanted out. He gave you plenty of reason to be frustrated. I'm not going to say Doug was blameless by the end of 2020, but like, he got so much more heat than he deserved. And at behest, is that the right word? At, because of Carson Wentz. Like everyone was like, oh, Doug broke Carson. Carson's like a victim of Doug being an idiot. Like, come on. That's pathetic. <laughs> like, Doug. Doug's doing a good job in Jacksonville so far, by the way. Yeah. Uh, shocker. The, maybe the coach who helped the Eagles win the Super Bowl is actually good. <laughs> and, you know, like, and, uh, Doug's having a, Doug is potentially having an all time season. I mean, it's, it's a bummer that the Jags lost to. Uh, Carson Wentz and the mm-hmm. Commanders because he could have he could have had a win over them. He beat Frank Reich. 
which, you know, just the nonsense that Frank Reich was the real mastermind and Doug was a dumb right. puppet, didn't do anything, and he was nothing without Frank Reich, which is like a national talking point for a long time. Uh, like, I think the Eagles got hurt when Frank Reich left. It hurt more, their coaching yes, staff, more than no doubt. can be true. Yeah. But, like, come on. Let's uh, let's let's give Doug his proper his proper props for People what he People literally did. said, like, Doug didn't deserve any credit. <laughs> Not even, like, like yeah. he was helped by Reich. They are like, no. Like, Doug is an idiot and a moron, and it was all Frank Reich. And Frank Reich and Carson Wentz are going to crush it in Indy now that they're back together. Like, that was – and then we saw how that turned out. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Doug's the man. He was great. He didn't even want to leave. He didn't want to leave. He he wanted he, he wanted respect basically. He, he just wanted to be able to like pick his coaching staff. Yeah. And the Eagles didn't want him to allow to, they didn't want him to do that. And so uh you know, they yeah, he was him. like I want to I want to press Taylor to to be my offensive coordinator and then Jeffrey and and uh Howie were like, "Yeah, I think we're just going to go in another direction completely yep. then." <laughs> well, I think Howie from my understanding, and at the time, I think Howie wanted Doug to stay, by the way. Oh, I don't okay. think Howie was, like, rushing. Right, so maybe it. just Jeffrey then. Yeah, I think it was more of a Lurie thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I – there aren't many times, and I'm probably maybe more in the minority of this, where, like, you know, the Eagles losing is, you know, acceptable or feels – not going to say it feels good. I feel like losing to Doug will be one of the least possible worst ways for the Eagles to lose. That's always bad, obviously, if, if you're an Eagles fan. But, like, you know, Doug's a good coach, so I can respect that. And also, Doug got kind of got done dirty by this organization. So if he gets he goes out and he gets his revenge, I'm not going to feel totally, like, you know, awful. I'll feel good for him. I, I will feel bummed, you know, from, like, the Eagles' perspective. That's not a good development, of course. But um, I miss Doug. He was great. I think he gets underrated. Uh, by some, and uh, and I hope he gets a standing ovation. I really do. Doug, uh, good guy too. What are your yeah. favorite uh, Doug memories? Just the goofy stuff from press conferences, like the premature, uh, premature explosions or oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Marcus Hayes up. said premature explosion, and then Doug started to answer, <laughs> and, he, and then he just started laughing. <laughs> he's just a goof. Or like the water bottle press conference where. He's just in the background, like rubbing the water bottle around his lips. And then he's like making like a baby <laughs> motion because he's pointing at Zach Berman. I think who had just had a kid or asking up, uh, asking about his kid. Like he's just he's just goofy, he's just goofy, kind of like a dad. Um, and at the same time, it's funny, like pairing that with the dude who kicked Bill Belichick's ass in the Super Bowl. Like, yes. it's, like, it's just a funny thing. Uh, so I love Doug. I just think he uh, he was great. He brought good vibes to the team. And honestly, like to spin that forward to this week, and I want to hear about your favorite Doug memory too. Like that's part of what concerns me about the Jags. Is like this team wants to play for him. You saw it in the locker room after the win. Yeah, uh, week the two. Colts. Yeah, yeah. Like those players are fired up for him, and they should be. And that was something that made him special here. And I think they're going to be. That's like an edge. This is not like last week where I know some Eagles fans are still like friendly with Carson Wentz, or some sorry, some Eagles players are friendly with Carson Wentz. But at the same time, I bet there's some level in the locker room with some players who like, we want to beat that guy. You know, mm-hmm. we, we want to beat that dude because he wasn't the best teammate. Um, and now he plays for a rival with Doug. It's like the Eagles have no reason to get revenge on him. <laughs> he didn't <laughs> right. wrong them by any means. Right. He has every reason to want to get revenge on them though. Cause they absolutely did him dirty at some yeah. level. Yeah. My favorite Doug moment was uh, maybe not my favorite, but one that's, that stands out to me was height. I think he used to say height instead of height. Oh my gosh. Uh, but then also there was <laughs> b- one day w- before the 2017 season, 
somebody asked him some dumb question about them playing in the heat during training camp. And oh, yeah. he goes, and he, he goes, yeah, well, you know, week two in Kansas city, <laughs> it's going to be 85 degrees and sunny and hot out there. Yep. And, but he said it with such authority. Like he knew exactly <laughs> what the temperature was going to be in a game that was going to be, you know, like, like a month and a half away. away. And sure yeah. enough, that game was like almost, he almost had it exact. Like it, it was like 82 and sunny or something like it was like three degrees off or something like that. So that was always funny to me. And then there is uh he lived in Moorestown, New Jersey when he, yeah. when he coached here. And after they won the Super Bowl, he, they, they, they named someday Doug Peterson day. Yeah. And Doug was very proud of this, like that he, and that they that they named this Doug Peterson Day, and I felt bad because like, <laughs> I was interviewing him, and I had interviewed actually the mayor of Morristown too. Yeah, the mayor of Morristown said, "Well, that's not it's not Doug Peterson Day every day for the rest of time." It was yeah, that's just crazy. Doug Peterson it's one day, day, one day in 2018. What the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> and I mentioned that to Doug, and I probably shouldn't have even said it to Doug. I should have just let him believe that you broke it was the news too. I did, yeah. And he was, <laughs> and oh, he, he seemed like legitimately like bummed out that he should it be. Wasn't... That's ridiculous. He won a freaking Super Bowl. You can't give him a like. What? What's? Why can't you give him that day? Like, there's going to be a conflict. Oh, sorry, this yeah, is someone it's, else's it's day. It's just one town in New Jersey, too. It's not right. like it's like. What, and what uh, does it even mean? What are you actually giving up? Nothing. Yeah. Like right. It's so like what? Thing. Like in twenty in like you know the year twenty forty, right. on whatever day it wasn't even like the day the Eagles won the Super Bowl or no. anything. I don't think it was just some random day. Maybe, I don't know if it was his birthday. It was, I don't know what it was, but it was some random day uh, in Morristown, New Jersey. That was Doug Peterson Day. Like in 2040, like if I don't who who would even know that it's Doug Peterson Day? Even if you live in that town, who would possibly know? And they just but they but this mayor specifically said, no, 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 no. It's just it's just a one one day, not for the rest of time. One day, Doug Peterson only. <laughs> well, not to get political on the podcast, but this mayor, I mean, we need a new mayor in Morristown, New Jersey. We need, we need a new one because that's, Well, they that's were nice pathetic. enough to talk to me, so I, I was okay with the mayor. But... Impeach the mayor. Get a mayor who's going to give <laughs> Doug Peterson a real day for... That's my stance here on uh, Bleeding Green Nation. Uh, all right. Yeah, so Doug's a good coach. I think that much has come clear. The Jags are a good team, man. They are not to be trifled with, I believe, in terms of like their second in point differential their second in dvoa i think they're being a like slightly overrated from a standpoint of they blew out the chargers but the chargers were like justin herbert wasn't healthy uh keenan allen didn't play no jc jackson joey bosa got hurt rashawn slater got hurt Corey Lindsay didn't play like they're missing like yeah they're their best players like like they're they're very 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 best they players. lost to the commanders week one and week one weird things happen Sure. But they lost to the commanders. Yeah, and the game wasn't close until Wentz like almost <laughs> gave it away. So, um, you know, I, I do think they're like a legit team to be clear, but I don't think they're, you know, like I, I think they're being slightly overrated from a standpoint. I agree of with that. The things you mentioned there. Um The Eagles are six and a half, six and a half point favorites, which is kind of yeah. a big number they for a team seven, that is two, a full seven. They're not only just not only number two in DVOA, but they're also top five in offense and defense. So it's not like one unit is, has been really good and the other, not so much both, both sides of the ball. They've been good. Trevor Lawrence has five touchdowns, zero interceptions the past two weeks. He looks like he's coming on finally. Mm -hmm. That's a problem. Um, especially because 
for as much as I, I do want to give Gannon credit and I'm encouraged by the last two weeks. And I think, you know, Carson Wentz and Kirk Cousins for all their flaws and faults are like, they're legitimate NFL mm-hmm. quarterbacks that Gannon probably would have struggled more with last year. At the same time, I also have been on the record like prior to those games. Like those guys are like Kirk Cousins to me is one of the biggest losers in the NFL. And Carson Wentz <laughs> yes. is up there too. So like, yeah. you know, Trevor Lawrence, I don't know about him. I don't think he I mean, is. He's got a, he's got an Addy on on his on his. Uh... Yeah, he's he's won a lot. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I definitely think he could be the biggest challenge they've faced at quarterback yet, and I'm curious to see how that looks. Um, Jags offense. Well, I guess we should start with them as on. We'll start with them. Okay. Uh, Jags offense. You know, Lawrence is good. Christian Kirk has been big for them. You know, everyone made fun of the contract, mm-hmm. and understandably so. But like four years, seventy-two million. <laughs> the Eagles were in on him, and then when it, when it got to that level, they're like, right. "Yeah, no, no, thank you." <laughs> but he's been good. Um, what else do they have in offense that stands? Well, they have to the you? two running backs and James Robinson, who's been good for years, and Travis Etienne, who they drafted first Overrated. round, I think. Right? Oh, Zay um, Jones too. He's been good. Zay Jones. The, their trio of receivers are Zay Jones, Marvin Jones, and Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk. They've done a really good job scheming, yep. scheming up things for him where he's just been left on. You know against the linebackers and that's not fair he's got 200 something yards three touchdowns but he's been by far their best receiver their skill position players are good they, they remind me a little bit of the lions in that mm. their best player is their slot receiver uh in that well maybe not their best the lion's best player is probably deandre swift but their best receiver was amon ross st brown yes. Um, so they're structured similarly in their passing game and that their best receiver is, is out of the slot. And then I think their outside receivers are kind of similar, like DJ Chark and, um, oh man, who's the other guy who used to play for the Rams? Uh, I forget. doesn't matter. They, they the remind Lions? me a little bit of, yeah, for the Lions. You used um, to play for the Rams. I think so. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Josh Reynolds. Yeah. Josh Reynolds. They, those two guys remind me a little bit of Zay Jones and Marvin Jones kind of bring some of the same qualities to the table. Um, and then they have uh, James Robinson, who reminds me a little mm-hmm. bit of Jamal Williams. And they have uh, Travis Etienne, who does some of the same things as DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift is way better than Travis yeah. Etienne. Um, but I think their offense is, is kind of similar to, to the Lions in that respect. And the Eagles struggled a little bit with uh, – not a little bit. I mean, they gave up 35 points to the Lions week one. So it'll be a challenge for them. I think the difference here between those two teams is the Lions had a good offensive line. They did have an injury or two uh, uh, on the yeah. interior, um, but I don't think this Jags offensive line is very good. Um, they're going to have trouble throughout the season. They have two guys that I believe are Jags, as in not Jaguars, but just a guy type players in Ben Barch, who is their left guard. That is and... not the name of a good offensive lineman. <laughs> and the right tackle, oh man, J- uh, Jawan Taylor. Taylor. Uh, it's sort of just a guy. And then they they paid heavily their left tackle. Um, man, how do Cam I Cam Robinson. Cam Robinson. And then their right guard, who they brought in from Washington. Who is very Scherf. good. Yeah. Their center is a rookie that they've had to kind of fill in, uh, mm-hmm. Fortner, uh, for Brandon good. Linder, who retired this offseason. So the two problem areas, I think, the two real problem areas are left guard and center. The right tackle's fine, I guess, um, but the but at center and left guard they are vulnerable. And as we've seen over the first three weeks, the Eagles' interior defensive line has dominated. So um, if you're if you're like 
if you're a Jaguars writer and you're writing about this game from a matchup perspective, I think that's what you're looking at where you're like, oh, crap, that's where we could maybe have a big problem with uh, our offensive line against the Eagles defensive line. So uh, that's sort of where I see it. But it's a a talented offense for sure. But um, they got a little ways to go on their own line. Yeah, I don't think you mentioned Evan Ingram either, who, you know, has been consistent and available but he's talented he's a talented certainly tight end uh, as a pass catcher at the very least giants fans hate that guy like he's sort of their oh, version of um like a rager yeah but was way better well, than rager yeah but they they hate him on that level i mean he's he's a not a good player to have in that because <laughs> it's like the upside is tantalizing but it's mm-hmm. just never going to actually materialize but in a given game he might you know he's he's like a threat to to do something in theory he almost caught a game-winning pass against the eagles once upon a time what was that in 2019 i would say maybe the better comparison is him and aguilar but yes. minus the season that aguilar had where he helped him win a super bowl <laughs> right and and i would say aguilar was more uh durable than ingram who's like constantly yeah. hurt but um, yeah, I think the offensive line is definitely a weak point. I would say in the, in the interior, especially with at left guard and center. I mean, that to me looks like a weak point for, you know, Cox or Hargrave or Jordan, Jordan Davis to have like, like the, mm-hmm. the interior of this Eagles defensive line, I think needs to dominate again and really bring it early on and cause problems for Trevor Lawrence there. So, uh, I definitely, especially coming off a nine sack performance, I do like the Eagles defensive line going up against this lion's offensive line. Um, Anything else about this? Jaguars, but they're both. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Now you got me thinking about the Lions. Um, (laughs) They're both uh, cats, right? So the Eagles are three zero and one in their last four games against feline teams. Mm. Five and zero against the last five. No, six and zero. Now I'm now I'm not sure. Either five and zero or six and zero against their against in their last five or six games. Well, they played the Bengals in those games, right? Are you going back? They tied the Bengals. Yes. Yeah. So they did not beat them. Yeah, three zero and one. Okay, in their last four feline games, and either five and zero or six and zero against in their last five or six animal games. I think they're six and zero in their last six animal games. Which other podcast is talking about this? That's Animalytics, right. baby. And <laughs> that's good. Um, flipping it around on the other side of the ball, if you will, allow me to do that, Jimmy. Um, the pass rushers for the Jags. This mm-hmm. defense as a whole is good. Like through two, I mean, through um, three weeks here, it's been um, it's a strong unit. Obviously, they have number one overall pick Trayvon Walker mm-hmm. in there, who's been good. And a lot of people are like, "How could they possibly take him? They should take Kayvon Thibodeau or Aiden Hutchinson." And Trayvon Walker has been pretty good early on. They have defensive Josh Allen, who famously conquered offensive Josh Allen last year. Um, Devin Lloyd, you know, a lot of people. Devin Lloyd's been awesome. Yes, he has. He leads them in tackles. Uh, he also two has picks. two interceptions and six passes defense already. Jeez, filling up the stat sheet. Uh, a, a name that Eagle Sands are certainly... Five could... pass breakups from a linebacker after three weeks is phenomenal. I see six here. Yeah. Oh, six. ESPN. Okay. Um, so you have him. You have... Uh, what's his name? Um, that Falcons... The former Falcons linebacker, Foyeluokun or something yeah, like that. <laughs> uh, like That's a really athletic linebacker who maybe they overpaid for, but another guy who can kind of fly around. Um, they added, uh, what's his name? Folorunsu Fatukasi, uh, who's like known for being, a, and that's actually one of the, I think the, the Jags' biggest strengths thus far has been their their ability to uh, stop the run. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of interesting because that was another one of my takeaways um, from the 
or like concerns, if you will, from the commanders game. Eagles run defense was, or sorry, run offense was not good. And in a weird way too, because the commanders were allowing like 7.5 yards a pop. Like their, their, their run defense was not looking good prior to the Eagles playing them. And for whatever reason, the Eagles like couldn't get it going on the ground, which was weird. Um, and they don't need to like they did last year to be able to win because of Hertz's development. But um, you like to have that, you know, it's part of the arsenal there, the ability to run the football. So uh, what stands out to you, I guess, about this Jags defense? So their uh, defensive coordinator, uh, oh man, I should be prepared with his Mike name. Caldwell. Mike Caldwell came from the Buccaneers. And well, um, formerly from the Eagles too. He was a former Eagles player. Yep. And he was the Buccaneers uh, linebackers coach inside linebackers coach for mm-hmm. the last three years from 2019 to 2021. So he was part of the game planning that went into <laughs> all the struggles that, that they gave Hertz in the playoffs last year. Yep. So he knows a plan that worked or that has worked in the past against Jalen Hurts. Um, and when you look at the Buccaneers as a defense over the last three years, they were number one in run defense in 2019, number one in run defense in 2020, number three in run yeah. defense in 2021. And so far this year, they're number one in run defense. Uh, the Jaguars are in uh, yep. in 2022. So uh, he's brought that, you know, before all else, stop the run uh, mentality to the Jaguars. And that can be successful in the NFL. Um, of course, with the Eagles being... I mean, formerly <laughs> the extreme run heavy team that they were, or they, they they certainly can dominate on the ground when they have that going. That's a nice thing to be able to do if you're the Jaguars is to be able to slow down the, the Eagles run, rushing attack. Um, I think the one thing that uh, is sort of uh, taken for granted in Philadelphia is their ability to not be terrified <laughs> by pass rushing duos like this. We saw it week two when the Eagles were playing Daniel Hunter and uh, Zadarius Smith. Yeah. If you're some other team and you're facing the Vikings, that's like the talk of the week heading into that game. Like, how are we going to be able to stop those guys from getting after our quarterback? With the Eagles, it's like, okay, well, we have Jordan Mailata and Lane Johnson. They'll take care of business against those kinds of guys. Mm -hmm. So while the Jaguars have these two stud edge rushers in defense of Josh Allen and in uh, Trayvon Walker, Trayvon Walker is the baldy had a breakdown of Trayvon Walker where he showed Trayvon what he's done. Walker. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> Watch him. Look at him lined up there. Watch him. He hits the he hits the lineman, drives him back into the quarterback. Look at that. I <laughs> So yeah, but he I had like a good breakdown. To be clear. It's, yeah. We, the the uh, impersonation isn't is it's a flattery thing. That's right. So uh, yeah, he's uh, Baldy showed Trayvon Walker, and, and and Trayvon Walker has been impressive, or at least it, it appears so. And that Baldy, what from when I from when I watched the Jags, um, and I only watched the one game this, uh, that they played against the Chargers. He was indeed impressive uh, at times during that game. So yeah, I mean, again, the point just goes back to the Eagles have guys that can block those guys. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a that's a an, an advantage that the Jaguars are going to have against a lot of their opponents going forward, but maybe not in this game. Um, you mentioned Devin Lloyd, who's just been great, filled, filled up the stat sheet, as you mentioned. Rayshon Jenkins is a guy that, that's mm-hmm. played safety for them. Uh, that, that's He's been good as a blitzer. Um, but yeah, the, the Eagles, um, I think they are going to have to win this game by throwing the ball. I think the Jaguars are, are going to you know, kind of lean on their 
the, the Buccaneers basically just disrespected Jalen Hurts' ability to push the ball down the field yes. in the playoff game last year, and it worked. And I don't know that's going to work in this game with the way that he's played the first three games of the season, but that's what they're going to do, uh, I would imagine, because he had that game plan against Hurts last year, and yep. he's, he knows what worked against him at one time, and he's probably going to go back to that again. So I think you're probably going to see a pass-heavy offense uh, out of the Eagles this Sunday. And it's interesting because the weather's not supposed to be great mm-hmm. like there's supposed to be rain at some point during that game yeah uh but you know you have aj brown you have Devonte smith you have dallas goddard and uh it's a young uh group of corners that they have there um so it, it'll be interesting to see uh if the eagles can take advantage of those guys should also mention quickly that the eagles are a little banged up uh at least early on in the week we'll see the injury report again mm-hmm. for thursday that'll give us more of a sense of you know who might and might not be available, but like Landon Dickerson didn't practice. You know, he ended up being questionable to play and then was uh, started, but then had to come out. And then I think came Suo Petty came in and then. Yeah, came out, went back in. And then at one point when the game was in hand, uh, I think his teammates could tell that he wasn't okay right. in the huddle. And they were like, get out. <laughs> yeah. So like he left and they were calling for Sua to come in. Uh, uh, and Boston he didn't Scott, return after that. Boston Scott also was on the injury report, didn't practice the rib issue. That's new. Um, Darius Slay, uh, who missed time in week three due to a back injury, which is not a good mm-hmm. injury to see a player have, uh, did not practice. So, you know, we'll keep an eye on that. AJ Brown missed practice due to a personal matter. I think, I think I saw something about maybe potential birth, birth of his second child. child. Yeah. So I think he'll be okay. But, um, yeah, that's something to keep an eye on. And then Miles Sanders, Devontae Smith, and Milton Williams were all limited due to like injuries, not just rest. Uh, Sanders dealing with a hip injury. Devontae Smith, uh, back injury, uh, probably on that play that we talked about. And Milton Williams had to miss some time against the Commanders due to a knee issue. He returned, but mm-hmm. he's still dealing with something. So um, Eagles have been remarkably healthy thus far, but uh, they'll be tested a little bit on that front. Jacksonville, meanwhile, they have like one player <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. didn't practice, and that's like a backup guard. And then their starting cornerback, uh, Shaquille Griffin, was limited. He missed week three. Maybe he'll mm-hmm. be able to return this week. They only have one player on IR too so they're pretty healthy um yeah and it's a nobody like it's not a it's not a notable player yeah so uh that's a that's a factor currently working in their favor they're a little healthier not missing many players jimmy let's take another break here but not before we hear about Kristen roach of roach realtors and roachrealtors.com yes if you are looking to buy or sell your home please reach out to Kristen roach of Roach Realtors, 856-906-9295. Again, 856-906-9295. She's actually going to Paris wow. tonight. I got to take her to the airport. Is she going to sell a house in Paris? Her and her mom are going to are going to Paris. And uh, yeah, so I may be helping out on the real estate end. <laughs> Some various things over the next week. Uh, but she's taking a little vacation. Uh, but yes, anyway, reach out to her, 856-906-9295. Brandon? Can she sell me the Eiffel Tower? Uh, prob- well, because Wait, God rated don't... her as the best yeah. realtor in the history of the universe, I would not put that past her, her ability to be able to do that. But I can't say with certainty that she could. So that's fair. But you know what I'm going to do now? I'm going to have to go to roachshoulders.com or reach out to that number and text her and ask and get yeah. the information. Fair enough. Because she's available, right? She's available to be contacted if you have questions. All right. We will be back after this. (laughs) 
Chris the Roach of Roach Real Tours. Roach Real Tours. Roach Real Tours. Chris the Roach of Roach Real Tours. She's the greatest. 856-906-9295. 856-906-9295. Back here on BGN Radio for our final segment. It's time for our weekly picks against the spread and our Eagles prediction. But first, the picks against the spread, which I will also get to after I tell you about the same game parlay from DraftKings that we do every week, Bleeding Green Nation. And you can check those out. Usually, like they're like they go live uh, day of. And I have not created it yet because uh, I have not. I don't have all the props. We have not hit yet. They've come close. I had the A.J. Brown touchdown last week. I had the Eagles money line last week. I did not get the over. Or, or Sorry, I did I did Carson Wentz two interceptions. It's the same fumbles I think weren't on there because I, I would have put that instead. And it would have yeah. hit. Uh, but I don't think they allow for that. So um, we've come close to the same game parlay hitting. It's going to hit some point here. Um, so stay tuned for that. That'll be announced on the Bleeding Green Nation Twitter, at Bleeding Green on Twitter. And the BGN Instagram page, I'll post a story at Bleeding Green Insta for when that goes live. So stay tuned for that on game day is when you'll be able to see that when that goes up. Every week this season, we'll be cooking up our own Eagles same game parlay that our good friends at DraftKings will put right on their homepage for all of you, the little BGN radio listeners, to follow. Um, So stay tuned for that. Uh, Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Okay, Jimmy. Picks against the spread record so far. I am six and seven. You are five and eight. So not our best effort. I'm slightly five ahead of you. Ugh. Yeah, tough. And then we are both two and one, picking the Eagles straight up this year. So let's get into our picks. We start with the Saints, who it's it's really funny how not really funny for the Eagles' sake, but last year in Week One, the Patriots had the Dolphins beat. Like they had them beat, and they just fumbled, and they like they gave the game away mm-hmm. basically at the goal line. They were about to score the game-winning touchdown, gave it away to the Dolphins, and that hurt the Eagles because the Eagles owned the Dolphins' first-round pick. You know, ultimately, kind of worked out, but like it, it's a win that the Dolphins should have not had, uh, and that would have impacted the draft position. And then this week, or sorry, this year, it happened to the Saints coming back against the Falcons, like that that losing that game. Uh, if if the Saints had lost that game, they would be with the Raiders as the only 0-3 team right now mm-hmm. in the NFL. The Eagles are looking at like a top-two pick currently, if that's the case. The Dolphins lost like seven in a row after that, too, that's right? right? Before they yeah. started, uh, and then they went on a winning streak, and they right. almost made the playoffs. Right. So the Vikings are two-and-a-half-point favorites, technically road favorites, although the game is in London. I mean, the Saints are bad. Like, their the quarterback <laughs> situation isn't yeah. looking good. Andy Dalton is probably going to be the starter, I'm guessing. Jameis Winston is hurt with that back injury. Uh, I mean, the Saints, they're bad. And the Vikings are flawed, but Kirk Cousins beats bad teams, and the Saints are a bad team. So give me Kirk, baby. Vikings, two and a half. What is your take on Kirk Cousins' prime time, though? Like, do you consider this a prime time game, or do you, or do you consider this an even earlier kick? <laughs> I saw you write about this. He should be even better because it's the opposite of prime time. It's the earlier in the day he plays, he'll be better. Okay. He did play in London one other time. Yeah. He played with Washington against the Bengals. Oh, I remember like, that game. 2016. Was it a tie? He had over 400 passing yards and it ended in a tie. Yeah, I remember that. 
So I don't know what to make of that. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, I'm with you. So this game reminds me a little bit of the, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm confusing this game with another game. Uh, but the Vikings are definitely better than this Saints team. Winston didn't practice on Wednesday, and he actually hasn't practiced on Wednesday at other times earlier in the season, just as a rest day. But this is different because um, Taysom Hill, well, first of all, he wasn't practice at all. So like in, when he had rest days on Wednesdays in the past, he was actually he was actually physically there at least. Uh, but uh, in this case, in, in England, he wasn't even there. And then Taysom Hill, who's their three, also got reps at quarterback and normally you wouldn't give your number three quarterback reps. Although he's maybe a little bit different because he's, you know, a wild, uh, like a, a wildcat possibility too. So I don't know what to make of that, but uh, you're right. I think it does look like he might not play. I think it's actually better if he does, because he's been horrible since that report came out that he has four fractures in his back. <laughs> if he plays, then I think it's even worse for the Saints, whereas at least Dalton maybe is competent. But again, we're talking about Andy Dalton here. So like uh, you certainly like the Vikings uh, over any team, you know, quarterbacked by Andy Dalton. And they almost they almost they almost they also might also be out. Oh, man, I'm brutal trying to get that sentence out. Let me try that again. Almost they might also, also be out. might be without Michael Thomas, uh, yep. who also didn't practice on Wednesday and Jarvis Landry, uh, yep. who didn't practice on Wednesday. So um, Andrews Pete also on the. Uh, injury report with the concussion. Oh, I didn't see that. And then, yeah. of course, they're missing their rookie left tackle for a while. Uh, their defense is still good, but how much does that matter when your offense can't do anything? So, yep. Uh, Alvin Kamara has had kind of a disappointing year so far. It's just not a very yep. good team, in my opinion. Their offense stinks, and uh, yeah, give me the Vikings to at least outscore them. Peter King had the Saints winning the number one seed and going, <laughs> and going to the Super Bowl. Uh, not to say you know peter king is not to call him out specifically because he wasn't alone in that like a lot of people thought the saints are going to be good it's for weird some yeah i don't know what, what, what were they seeing i don't know but um yeah give me the vikings with the points uh or not with the points giving the points so we're both on the same page there that brings us to the chicago bears who sorry one I more have... note on the saints yeah go ahead if the season ended today and of course it doesn't uh, it would be the seventh overall pick that the Eagles would get. Yep. According um, to Th- Tankathon NFL. That's right. So, you know, looking, uh, that's crazy. Imagine, just allow yourself to dream for a second as an Eagles fan. Eagles win the Super Bowl and they pick like, you know, fifth overall or whatever. Yeah. Like, that's insane. <laughs> like, that would be, that's like, that's crazy. Like, that's, that's nuts. That's, that's so exciting. Like, oh, we won the Super Bowl. Our roster is young. We have an MVP level quarterback. We have a promising young coaching staff that might get pilfered. Uh, is that the right word? Pillaged? Pilfered? Mm, yeah, you can go with either, I think. After the season. But still, like, you know, a lot of good pieces in place. Oh, and by the way, we have the number five overall pick or something. And we're going to add. what is looking like, like a strong edge rusher draft, yeah, too, by the way. Yeah, we're going to add, like, a, like, the total stud edge rusher to this team. Like, that's just, that's great job by Howie. Um, anyway. Uh, there's like a fly by my mic, so I'm swatting at it. Um, the Bears, who I have to read the stat to you, because I, I look, was I wrong about Jalen Hurts? Yes, probably, very much so. Am I always wrong? No. And one of the things that I was very right about, at least thus far, Justin Fields sucks, man. He freaking <laughs> sucks. He sucks. 
He he is terrible. <laughs> I don't want to hear who he doesn't have enough support. He stinks. He stinks so bad that the Bears like don't even like trust him to throw the ball. And I'm not saying like again that Justin Fields uh should be like the MVP of the league. Like that's like that's like a reasonable expectation giving his supporting cast, or that he should even be maybe like a top 10 quarterback. No, like he he can't do that with what he has. But he could be like, you know, better, like a lot better than he has been. He has stunk out loud. The the Bears have had 23 completions through the first three <laughs> weeks. It's the fewest yeah. by any team in the last 15 years. You're going back to 2007. That stat comes courtesy of our good friend, Shio Kapadia. Like, he stinks out loud. I have no idea how the Bears are 2-1 and one, um, because it's, it's crazy how they've been winning with him, who absolutely stinks. And by no means should the Eagles regret passing on him. I just... My thing with that, Jimmy, and I'll allow me to relitigate this as I have many times, both here on the SB Nation NFL show. So many people acted like it was like like canon. Are you familiar with the term canon? Sure. Like, you know, like it was just like a religious accepted. term. Or yeah. like or yeah, people use it, you know, a lot for like like fictional, you know, like Star Wars, like and, okay. and like canonical stuff that actually, you know, counts as real. Um people acted like Teams passing on Justin Fields is like, like, oh, they're obviously dumb for doing. Like, <laughs> like what are they thinking? How could they possibly yeah, yeah, yeah. do that? Well, like, and my thing was like, maybe he's not as good as you think he is, and maybe the Bears, of all teams, who have never gotten a quarterback position right in, in their history, and more specifically Ryan Pace specifically, who has struggled at that spot with like Mike Lennon and trading up for Trubisky and having interest in Carson Wentz and trading for Nick Foles as your starter who have like has made really bad quarterback uh, acquisitions. Like maybe he didn't outthink the entire NFL <laughs> and he clearly hasn't thus far. Uh, and fields has been terrible. Um, so I will take the giants to win because I do not want to bet on Justin Fields at all. So I like Justin Fields coming out. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was not among the people that was like, you're idiots for passing on them. Uh, but I did like him coming out, so wrong by me on that one. Yeah, I agree. He stinks, and his high game this year in passing yards is like 120 yards, oh my <laughs> which is crazy. So yeah, their their offense, and, and like you said, they're two and one. The Giants are two and one, barring a tie. One of these trash teams <sighs> is going to be three and one at the end of the day on Sunday. It's crazy. Yeah. So well, I don't know. We'll see which one it is. I actually picked the Bears in this game with okay. uh, with no confidence whatsoever. But, uh, I mean, the Giants are very bad as well. That is and true. Daniel Jones stinks too, by the way. Uh, let's not think, let's not get that twisted. Um, I'd like the Bears defense better than I like the Giants defense. And I actually like the Bears running attack. Somehow they've, they've been able to run the ball, even though they have no threat whatsoever of <laughs> passing the ball, which is kind of wild. So, uh, yeah, give me the Bears in... Like, I would actually like to watch this game just to make fun of it, but uh, it's a one o'clocker, I believe, so... That'll be on while the Eagles are on. We'll go to the Cowboys now. It's an NFC East matchup. Commanders at Cowboys. This is simple for me. I mean, give me the Cowboys. They, their pass rush is for real. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were, after the Eagles had a nine-sack performance heading into Monday night, before the Cowboys played their third game, Cowboys were leading the NFL in sacks with the Eagles. They were tied. And then they pressured Daniel Jones something like 23 times in that game, like an absurd amount of times. Mm-hmm. They hit him a lot, too. 
and that was a big reason why I took the Cowboys to win that game against the Giants. The Cowboys were like one point dogs in that game. <laughs> like they were getting a point. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah, I'll, I'll t- like I know Cooper Rush isn't amazing or anything, but he's been solid. They've been able to win with him. Uh, he hasn't really gotten in the way of winning by any means, and their pass rush is legit. The defense is looking good. So, uh, are you like, why would anyone take the Commanders right now? going up against the Cowboys pass rush. It's, it's very clearly like this is like lock of the week kind of territory. Cowboys minus mm-hmm. three. Yeah. Cowboys plus one last week uh, against the Giants was the pick was the easiest pick of the year, in my opinion. And this one's this one's close. <laughs> like So the, the Cowboys are at least given three points on this. Uh, but they're they are very clearly a much better team than the commanders, in my opinion. Now, Cooper Rush, he's gotten a lot of credit for going two and oh. But he has not looked good in any way whatsoever. But it doesn't no. matter because the Cowboys defense has been so disruptive. And Michael, Par- by the way, Demarcus Lawrence is, is seemingly playing a lot better than he has uh, in recent years. The combination of Lawrence and Micah Parsons on the ed- coming off the edge are a big problem. Yep. Uh, they're, they're a big problem for Evan Neal uh, in that game. Evan Neal was, what, the seventh overall pick in the 2022 draft for the Giants? He looked like, uh, like Winston Justice out there. Yeah, it was kind of a mess. And, and he's a rookie. He might get better at some point. But sure. uh, not a good start to his career. Uh, but against this commander's uh, offensive line, we saw the way that the Eagles dominated uh, on the edges in this game. Uh, expected Cowboys to do pretty much the same. And I would be shocked if Carson Wentz didn't give the Cowboys the ball a time or two in this game as well. So we have the Cowboys advancing to three and one, which uh, they quickly turned it around after after things mm-hmm. weren't looking so good for them. I still don't, you know. They're a legit threat, I think. They are. I still don't. Like, RJ is all excited about them in part because I think he was so downtrodden after week one <laughs> that he thought, like, the season was already over. Yeah. As but I. I don't think him and other Cowboys fans might be, like, properly accounting for how, like, the Eagles might be really good. It's like, oh, the Cowboys are fine. It's like, well, maybe. But they're probably not as good as the Eagles still, and that's kind of a big problem for you. I do I do agree that game, the Eagles-Cowboys game in, what, week six? I mean, that's going to be a big test. I said that earlier in the show. I want to see Hurts be able to beat the Cowboys. Um, hey, for a little bit, I was thinking there, like, oh, man, they're going to have Michael Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, and Will Anderson now, too? Yeah, true. <laughs> no, not but, quite. Uh, but no, um, they're not going to have Will Anderson. I still feel very good about the Eagles winning the NFC East, but I do agree the Cowboys are, you know, Provide it. They're going to be provide a challenge, especially because they have an easy schedule too. Uh, yes, it's not just the Eagles. So, uh, Jaguars at Jaguars, the Jags, the Jag Jaguars <laughs> at the Eagles. Eagles opened as seven point favorites. They are now down to six and a half point favorites as of Thursday mm-hmm. morning. I have not taken the Eagles to cover all year. I took, I took the Lions, the points, <laughs> and we. I've, I've taken the Eagles to win, except for the Vikings game. But I, I've been taking the points in every matchup, and I have to do it again because I just think that's a lot of points. I think the Jags, it's I don't think the Jags are getting enough respect if they're they're being uh, they're getting that many points. Six and a half is a lot. Doug is that team is going to play hard for Doug, man. It's going to be a battle. They're going to come out. They're going to give the Eagles, I think, the best test that they've really had yet. It's going to be a dogfight, if you will, and. I think the Jags keep it close in the end. I think the Eagles win. I'm going to say 28-24. It's a Birds win, but the Jags, they end up being a feisty team. The game ends up being a little close at the end. Uh, I think Doug, you know, brings it his A game. Jags cover. Eagles win. Jags got their first road win since 2019 last week. 
so they haven't consistently won on the road yet. And by the way, they have a long trip back from L.A. And then they have the, I mean, not it's not a short week. They, it's not like they, they're missing a day or whatever, but they got to go on the road again, uh, back up to Philly uh, this week. So that's a challenge. It's, I think that's overlooked sometimes when you look at games. Uh, so I like the Eagles a lot in this game. I mean, they, like I said, the the best thing that the that the Jaguars have going for them are their edge rushers, which are going to be negated in theory by in theory uh, Jordan Mailata and Lane Johnson. And I think the biggest matchup, uh, I guess the advantage that's to be had in this game is by the Eagles uh, with their interior defensive line against the interior of the Jaguars line. I think that's going to be the difference. Uh, in this game, even the Eagles to win, but I'm with you. I think six and a half points is a lot. And, uh, you know, I don't know that this is a game that is super close. Like I think the Eagles okay. are gonna, you know, very clearly outplay the Jaguars, but ultimately I think the score does stay within that six and a half point threshold. Yeah. I just think Lawrence could potentially have a good game mm-hmm. against a defense that, it's still kind of question marks against the better quarterbacks. I think he could absolutely have a nice showing. Um, all right. Anything else, Jimmy? Any final thoughts? Uh, yeah, again, the uh, our listeners in Florida, uh, anything we can do, reach out to us and let us know. Uh, hope everyone is safe and healthy. I echo those sentiments. Today is free... Now, it's like National Coffee Day or whatever. I got my free Wawa coffee this morning, mm. like the app. So if you're listening to this still on Thursday by chance, and if you haven't gotten a coffee, and it's probably not going to be out till later in the day. But if I didn't you want, know that. If you want an afternoon, you know, there you go, Jimmy. So now you know. You can get it any size, free large coffee, or, or any size coffee. I also think Dunkin' Donuts, neither of these are sponsors, by the way. I'm just giving free plugs here. But I think Dunkin' <laughs> is doing something where if you like buy anything, you get a free coffee. Okay. Anything on their menu. So if you want a donut and you know some coffee, boom, there you go. Little, some pro tips for you. Uh, shout out to my good friend Zach who moved away. Uh, gonna miss him. Um, he listens to the pod, so I'm where sure to? Huh? Where to? Uh, Virginia. Moved from okay. from Philly down to uh, Virginia, like a little bit outside of DC. So not too far away, like a three hour ride, but still, you know, it's a, it's a bummer when one of your friend moves away. You don't get to see him quite as much, but. Uh, uh yeah shout out to him and uh yeah i think that's it uh so this has been bgn radio brought to you by right to sound craft jerky go to right to sound.com use discount code bgn20 right now again paul if you have not already paused the podcast and done this i mean the podcast is ending so you can just wait till it ends really don't pause it at this point wait till it ends go to right to sound.com discount code bgn20 for 20 percent off your order the best meat snacks you can buy i always say jimmy the website is free to go to so if you want to check it out and decide if it's for you or not doesn't cost you a thing go check it out at the very least even if you don't want to buy anything also check out roachrealtors.com if you're looking to buy sell or rent a house or you can call or text this phone number 856-906-9295 check out bleedinggreennation.com for all of our eagles content from me check out phillyvoice.com for stuff from jimmy you want to follow us on twitter and instagram respectively at brandon gowton and at jimmy kemsky you can reach us on there. You can reach out to us. We want to hear from you. You can also give feedback in terms of leaving a five-star rating, both on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, but only then the written review on Apple Podcasts. We want to hear from you. Leave us a question, a compliment, whatever. Well, that's that's a weird thing to say. Leave us a compliment. Tell us how good we are. Um, <laughs> give us some feedback. 
and we will. We need that positive reinforcement. Yeah, I, sometimes <laughs> you do, Jimmy. It can be rough. Yeah. Um, it can be rough out there. Although everyone's in a good mood and good vibes, so the Eagles doing well. So that's, that's nice right. to see. Don't need um, it right now. Yes. So we will be back with you next week after maybe the Eagles are four zero after they beat the Jags. We will see. But exciting time to be an Eagles fan, to be covering the team. So uh, I am hoping the good vibes keep rolling, and we will be back with you here on BGN Radio next week. Goodbye, everybody. BGN. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.